Welcome to the Woman Rising Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Lane Adams. I'm a single mom, entrepreneur, and transformational life coach for women. So here's the thing. I spent almost my entire life being afraid to speak my truth, use my voice, or set healthy boundaries. So now I am on a mission to help as many women as I can learn how to use their voice, speak their truth, and step into their fully expressed, authentic selves. Join me every other week as I have conversations with women who have used their suffering and pain as a platform to step into their power. Because if we are gonna rise, we're gonna do it together. And you are so worthy of having the life that you love. What's up, y'all? I am hanging out today with Ariana Yahia. She is a neuroinformed peak performance and life coach. She uses modalities such as positive psychology, mindset, and flow. And her goal and mission is to help people create engaged, meaningful, personal, and professional lives so that they're living on purpose and with passion. She also shares her amazing pain to power story. So let's dive in. Hi, Ariana. Thank you so much for coming on the Woman Rising podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I feel honored to have been asked by you. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thank you. Well, so um, first of all, I'd love for you to just tell my listeners what it is that you do. Yes. So I am a peak performance and life coach. And so it's kind of funny as, you know, in the coaching world, it's really difficult to come up with just one type of coaching that one does. Um, And I will have to be completely transparent that it took me quite a while to figure out what I'm really good at. And the reason I am a peak peak performance coach is because I absolutely love helping people reach the next level of experience, the next level of life um, within whatever they're doing. So it doesn't matter if you're a mom, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company, or if you are a stay-at-home enthusiast uh, loving to learn about anything and everything. Um, I think it's really, really important to allow people to figure out what they're good at. um, And I guide them to take their experience to to the next level with uh, tools such as Flow, trigger. So if you've ever heard of flow, it's a, it's an optimal state of consciousness where we perform and feel our best. Um, and so within my coaching, I really help people get into the right mindset so that they can feel good enough to be able to really align triggers in our environment internally and externally to really perform and, and be the best that we can be. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So give me an example of um, what the triggers are. Mm-hmm. Yes, so there are many different triggers. I'm going to talk about one that's actually really um, one, of, one of the ones that we might miss. And it's actually one of the main ones, and that's goals and focus. So when we are really uh, 
interested in a subject. So when we talk about passions and purpose, that is a natural flow trigger because what we focus on, we end up um, using most of our brain energy to really get into the details of what we're actually trying to do. So focus is a, is a major flow trigger um, and something that we can all really hone into. And one of the best ways is to really figure out what our passions are and then really align our goals towards um, that passion and that purpose. Mm, I love that. And so if someone's sort of like, uh, I don't know, you know, like I have a hard time knowing what my passion is, what, what do you recommend for someone um, to really figure out what their passion is if they feel like they don't know? Yeah, that's the, that's the million dollar question, right? And right. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of those where it's, it's an easy answer, but it might be a little bit more complicated to sit down and figure it out because it, is, it isn't really that something that's out there, right? Passions, we can, we can have a ton of passions. And um, in the coaching, the type of coaching that I do, we talk about passion recipes. And this is actually developed by Stephen Kotler um, who wrote Stealing Fire and um, The Art of Impossible. So the passion recipe is really figuring out what are the things that you are naturally interested in. So it doesn't have have to do it doesn't have to be this major thing that you, it's going to change the world but just you know for some people it might be reading books on neuroscience for some people it might be talking about soccer and defense mechanism defense types of whatever I'm not really into soccer but <laughs> it could be anything it could be anything that you would want to read about an entire weekend so like the main question here would be if you were to go into um an island and it was a full paid trip. And I said, okay, Ashley, you have two days and you can learn about anything and take any books with you. What subject would you choose, right? Um, so these are the things that are just, there's natural interest in. Now, just because there's a natural interest in it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be your purpose, right? So we say passion is really the medium that you do, that you use to actually um, work on so you can uh, fulfill your purpose. In both of these, you have to sort of use your intrinsic um, motivation and you have to use your higher level thinking in order to decide what it is that you actually want to pay attention to. So there's a lot of inten intentionality behind it all. You have to make a decision, right? And um, for many, many people, they think that it's just something that comes natural. And yes, it does. However, we also have to make a decision on what that is going to be for you. So listing out a list of passions and deciding what's the, what are the intersections? So if I like to learn about the brain, what exactly is it about the brain? Well, for me personally, is it's the focus, it's the, um, it's the attention, it's the RAS system, which is also called the reticular, uh, reticular activation system, which is the one that allows us to really filter through information in, in the world, right? So I would go in and I would really figure out where those intersections are and then focus on those intersections because our brain is a pattern recognition machine right and so that's how really that's how manifestation really works right is that once we focus on one certain pattern we can recognize it all around us and we find more and more evidence of what we're trying to achieve right so the passion recipe is really something i would encourage all of your listeners to to look into mm, that's fascinating so to explain more the, the intersections. What, what do you mean by that? Yes. So again, you know, because um, the way that our brain works is, you know, it fires um, neurons 
you know, every time we have a thought, every time we make a connection, it fires neurons and neurons and wire to fire together, wire together. So we create these millions and gazillions connections in our, in our brain. So when we intentionally choose to write out what we're interested in and then find where the, um, where those two uh, things that we're interested in interested in marry each other, right? So I'll give you an example for example for me. Something that I'm extremely interested in is, again, the human brain and how um, it processes information and how it is also um, um, how we make social connections, right? And then the other thing that I'm really, really interested in is human potential and human behavior. And so when I put these two together, if I were to take books and topics on these two, I can all of a sudden find these different intersection of, intersections, for example, of how do we um, as human beings take social connections and how do we um, come together and create something bigger and better in the community, right? So it gets really, really specific there because all of a sudden I, I pull information from different ways, from different parts of my brain and I come up with this meaningful story, right? And so that's really where those connections and that, that passion arises is when we find these patterns and these meanings once we intentionally look at that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what is the flow state for mm -hmm. you when you talk about that? Yes. So I love to talk about the flow states. So the flow states are the times where we feel that we feel perfect, right? There's no negative emotion. And we also, um, time disappears, self disappears, and we are optimally performing in that moment. And so you can, I want you to think about a time where this is, was true for you or your listeners, right? Where you were just in this space where everything was going right, right? Um, you were, all these words were coming to you if you were writing or if you're doing an activity for a lot of times, you know, athletes, if they're um, doing, like, let's say skateboarding, all of a sudden they're in this zone of perfection that they cannot mess up, right? Everything, there's major focus, um, the, the surroundings disappear, right? Because your prefrontal cortex is turned off so that you don't have that distraction anymore. You're so focused on the task that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a magical state. Um, and I think for many of us, we've probably had this, especially when we were kids. And what I find so fascinating about this is that um, we were designed for float states. So while we think that, you know, it's one of those states that just happens every once in a while, and they're actually altered states of consciousness, um, this is something that we can trigger by aligning certain, uh, like I said, you know, ways of being, especially internally, um, in any activity we're doing. And this really requires many different things, but one of the main things is really having goals and having passions um, and setting up our environments right. So flow states are selfless, um, rich, rich moments, timeless moments where we are performing and feeling optimally. Mm. So in when we're in this state, is, is our analytical brain sort of turned off? Exactly. The hypofrontality, which is our executive functioning, is actually um, tuned down. Um, and so that means that we are really able to have more of divergent thinking, meaning that we can be more creative um, rather than just linear thinking. And something that I find really, really interesting about this state is that when we're in flow states, we cannot have any anxiety. 
And so that comes with that feeling good. And so if any of you have, if you're um, more spiritually inclined and if you've ever heard of, um, you know, Esther Hicks and Abraham Hicks, and, you know, they always talk about you have to feel good. Feeling good is the key. But this is really what that is, right? When we are in these flow states, we almost feel like we are uh, floating and we are one with the universe and, and that feeling, right? Well, in order to get to that, we have to feel good first. So figuring out how can we lower anxiety? How can we set up our lives? How can we set up our mindset? How can we have grit, right? So that we can really take away that anxiety and that stress so that we are more prone to getting into optimal states of consciousness so that we can create more. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's a really key aspect right here. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest thing that gets in people's way from accessing the flow state? So there are, there are several things, right? Um, and But I do want to say that fixed mindsets are, if you have a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, it's really one of the key reasons people probably can get into flow states. Um, I would say the other one is that's really, really important is goal stacking, meaning that if we are not working towards a purpose and towards a mission um, and have stacked up aligned goals that all make sense for us specifically, so our truth, our being, who we are, right? Not working towards someone else's goals. That's another main blocker of, of, um, of flow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, um, that is so fascinating. And um, it's so true. Like we've all felt that and it feels so good. And um, mm -hmm. it makes sense about how, because I don't have a, a background in brain, you know, so like hearing mm -hmm. you use the sort of the scientific terminology of how like our brain can go in all these different directions and it's not linear allows us to be more creative. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes so much more sense, you know, when you, I have the experience of, you know, when I sit in meditation and I let go of any anxious thoughts that are coming, you know, and just really tune in, then, you know, I can access these, these ideas that I wouldn't otherwise when my, you know, my analytical brain and anxiety and all those things are, are in the way. That is exactly it. Yes. If you're anyone who's meditated and you felt so one with the environment and all of a sudden you have the downloads, right? We talk yeah. about, Ashley Hand talks about this, the downloads, receive, I received this, right? It's because you were able to really let go and allow and all of a sudden divergently think outside the box um, instead of having that resistance, right? The, the, the anxiety, um, and so the other really big part of flow that I should probably mention is also that there is a cycle. So there's, there are exactly, um, there are stages that you have to sort of go through in order to release into flow. And one of the cycles is a struggle phase. And so this, this struggle phase is something that I have found for myself and for a lot of my clients is where we sort of get hung up because it gets really, really hard. And that's actually where flow starts is that we encounter something called a challenge skill balance, right? So we have to be challenged just enough in order for us to get triggered into flow. Now, if we can get past the struggle for a lot of us, we think, oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. I quit. I'm, it doesn't feel good. Cortisol rises norepinephrine rises, right? And we're like, oh no. Now, anxiety and, um, and excitement, 
right? Those two have very similar chemical reactions in our body. They're actually exactly the same. They have that norepinephrine, they have that cortisol, it only changes in our brain. So we have to decide, is this excitement or is this anxiety at this point of struggle? If we can go through it and say, this is very exciting, let's keep going, let's keep going and get past that struggle phase, we get into release. And now we're, into a, we're getting into a flow state. And so I really encourage people next time that they are in sitting down and they want to do some deep work, it doesn't matter if it's, um, you know, for work or personal or professional, when you feel that struggle, pause and do some deep breathing because our uh, part, uh, paranervous system, normal per, uh, nervous system sometimes freaks out because it's, it thinks it's in fight or flight, right? And many of us have heard this before, right? When we think we're being attacked or something is going wrong, there's too much cortisol, it goes into panic. Now, this is a really crucial time to pause and breathe. And through breathing, we can calm our nervous system down and get through the struggle phase so then we can get into flow. Yeah, I love that. I've never actually heard it um, talked about as like the struggle being part of the flow cycle. So I love that. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Like one thing I've really been working on personally is um, not judging my emotions when I have them. So, you know, like we're going to have difficult emotions. We're going to feel sad. We're going to feel angry. But if we judge it, then, you know, we're keeping it from allowing it to move through us. And I feel like it can be sort of the same with the flow. Like if we get that challenge, then we feel nervous, then we judge it. And then we say, this isn't good. And then we stop. And then we're actually keeping ourselves from um, being able to flow <laughs> to access mm -hmm. that flow state. And so if we just realize, okay, this is a part of the cycle you know, take a pause, let's look at it, let's determine whether or not it's anxiety or excitement, and, you know, make that decision from a, a grounded place, not a reactive place, and then allowing ourselves to, um, you know, then move into the next phase. I love, I love knowing that as part of the process so that we don't judge it when we're in it. Exactly, yes, it's that, it's that inner critic, um, and, and another thing that's really, because we already have negativity, negativity bias, right? So for every nine of nine bits of information that come through to our senses, because there's billions of bits of information being thrown at us. And so we can only process about nine, right? That's why phone numbers are kept at a certain length, right? We have about seven, seven um, numbers because that's how much we can hold in our brain, right? And so what happens is nine to one is the ratio of negative to positive, right? Information that we actually take in. Now, what we want to do is we want to train our brain to make that ratio more like five, maybe five negative, four positive, six, you know, and so forth. Because yeah, right yeah. now, naturally, because the way we've evolved, our brain naturally goes to negativity. So what you were saying, um, it is really being aware of, oh, wait a minute, what does this mean? And why am I thinking this? And do I have to think it this way? Can I, can I reframe this in my brain? Can I make it something that can serve me versus have this negativity bias that's that we're naturally programmed to do right right so you said maybe evolutionary causes is there another reason that we have this negative bias like what's up with that <laughs> i know right it's like um it really is, it is, it's our biology, it's our evolution, it's how we were designed um, to keep safe, right? And right. so the problem becomes is that the modern world, so the, the human body and the human brain have not, um, are not adapting fast enough 
to the modern evolution of technology, right? So we have to really use our conscious, higher consciousness to really keep up and develop sort of these um, hacks to keep up with this modern revolution. Um, because when you think about it, you know, biology and the way that our brain, human brain has evolved is really kind of stuck, especially the old part of our brain. So I'm not talking about the, the neocortex, which is the, the newer part, but the old, the primitive brain, it's still hung up in the old times, right? And so we have to pause and we have to say, okay, wait a minute, this is not really, there is no fear, there is no um, attack, right? We right. are safe. So reminding ourselves to be safe, to be grounded, to, to stay um, in the present moment where nothing is actually wrong it is really key here because we haven't evolved as fast as technology has. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So we have to, we have to have hacks <laughs> to keep us yeah, up to exactly. date. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, we kind of went backwards here. So yeah. uh, I, I would love to to tell you a bit about where I come from. Um, so I am actually from Eastern Europe. Um, I'm a girl who was, you know, born in a small town in Bosnia, Herzegovina, which is kind of nestled in between Croatia and across from, from Italy. And we got Austria right there. So um, Bosnia is a very small country. And if any of you remember back in the 90s, there was a civil war um, and we were actually refugees. My, my family and I had to flee the country when I was six years old. Um, refugees in Germany stayed there for about 10 years and then had to immigrate into the U.S. because we were not able to stay in Germany. Now, I am extremely grateful that we were able to escape the war. Um, and I really think, um, and I, I shouldn't say think, but I'm, I really can say that all of that struggle from when I was, when I was little, all that trauma that I have witnessed and witnessed my parents really be so resilient and, and my family in general be resilient and go through this, the worst thing of their lives and yet come to all these different countries and start over and over again, right? Yeah. And build a new thing and build a new thing and still be healthy and still have their, their mental uh, sanity. So all of that to say that I really was always fascinated by human behavior um, and started really uh, leaning into that and reading a lot of books about uh, everything of how, how do we, how do we get through difficult things and how do we become who we are and what does identity mean and, 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 also really leaning into in leaning into my spiritual side of you know is there a higher something um because it's it's always baffled me as to why me why was my family able to escape this war and why did we why did my dad come uh, drunk home home one night and say hey we have to leave this is not going to be safe and then you had families next door who didn't do that you know so I was always really curious as to why and how and how much agency as humans we have to to do the things we want to do so that really propelled me into studying psychology here at St. Louis University in St. Louis and Heidelberg Germany I got a master's in human development I then have gotten all kinds of certifications because I'm just naturally curious about that subject. And so um, as I was going through through all of this learning, I also had my own, um, I guess, uh, big issues with, with who I was, with my identity. And I had um, a failed marriage, a first marriage. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice, it was a good marriage, but it just wasn't a good fit. Um, and it was probably 
the hardest thing I had ever done in my life, even more so than moving you know, from one country to the next and starting over and all in the war and everything, I thought really leaving my ex-husband and making that decision to leave him and start over. And also knowing that my nine-year-old back then, he was five-year-old, um, would have to witness all of this. It was a very difficult decision. And so going through that really sort of shook me and, and changed me quite a bit and um, made me less, um, my, it kind of killed my ego a little bit. <laughs> which I think is really, really necessary to do great things in this world is to really um, check our ego and, and really check ourselves and say, you know, after all, I am human. I am my, my biology is what it is. And yet with all of that, I am who I am. And how do I make the best of this? And how do I help others and um, spread my pain to purpose story? Because truly it is what humbled me and it, what, it re- what really pushed me to do the things that I'm doing today. Yeah, 100%. And thank you so much for sharing that because I, that's definitely what I've learned on my journey too. Um, You know, it's just that, you know, we have different stories, but we have, we have uh, similar stories and, um, you know, me leaving a marriage with two small children and um, it's sort of being the, the rock bottom moment of my life. And yet the, the event that forced me to look inside you know, to do all of the work and to decide to do the work that I'm doing now. And I feel like that's really the the reason that I've created this podcast too, is to be that voice for women, for any woman who is maybe stuck in a life in which she is unhappy or unexpressed or not free to express. Um, or even if she's in that, that rock bottom place, or if she's in that challenging place where she's ready to quit, you know, like any of those places, just knowing that you can make a choice to take whatever it is that you're experiencing and use it for your greatness and for the, for the benefit of those around you. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, you know, knowing all this theory and studying the brain and studying psychology, it it wasn't even nearly as, um, life-changing as going through the biggest pain of my life and I think that if everybody knew that you know on any of every on every other side of pain is really that gift of really knowing I mean there's a difference between knowing and knowing um through, through the dark side of of life you know because it really is there is meaning and purpose in all of it. I mean, just like there's a struggle phase in flow, there's also the struggle phase in life, the dark side and the light side, right? We need both of those. And I think that through, through these experiences, we really learn, learn a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think it's also important to talk about how it's also a choice that at a certain point, you know, when you go through the difficult things, there's a choice point of whether you decide to, become a victim and see it as like for me you know um feel sorry for yourself and kind of go down that path and sort of have sort of like anger and resentment towards your situation and the world and um all of those things versus like taking that difficult thing allowing yourself to like fully experience it and then choosing to create something beautiful from it like consciously Yes, exactly. The, 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 again, the agency, right? And, and to go back to the, the flow terms, you know, biology is our program and we really do not have a choice. It's kind of one of those things that we don't have a choice to choose our programming. I mean, our program, 
right? The program is box, it's biology, it's who we are, our human body works in, in certain ways and it's all pre-programmed. However, we do get to choose the programming that's being put into the program, which is huge. Yeah. And when you start thinking about that, every time you have a thought, every time we surround ourselves with people who have certain beliefs, we are like belief vampires. We take on beliefs from other people, from social media, from um, even just our neighbors or, or just sitting next to someone, we suck up energy and beliefs, right? So it's really, really detrimental for us to really think about what is the programming that we are allowing in. So what is the self-talk? The self-talk is really going to be the number one thing for you, right? Because we talk of 60,000 thoughts a day. So which thoughts are we actually attaching to? And we do have a choice. What is the programming you're going to choose for your, pro for your program? Yeah, 100%. Um, and two things just to like touch on that you just mentioned. One, it is so important the people that you surround yourself with, you know? So if you're one of those women who's like, oh, I have this friend and like, I really feel bad when I'm with her, but I, but I feel like I have to be with her. Like, no, you don't, you don't have to. You get to choose to be around people who uplift you and support you and make you feel good. And, and that's okay. And you're worth making that choice. Um, and the other thing too is just that, yeah, you are in control of your thoughts, 100%. It is the thing that we get to control and it's not always easy and it takes practice, but we do have control over that. Like you say, the input. Mm -hmm. And once you learn that it's, you know, it's, you're like, whoa, it's such an enormous responsibility. And yes, it is. And aren't we so lucky that we have that control and we just get to practice it every day and every day. Yes, the repetition, exactly, that, you know, ev everything is neutral until we have a thought about it. So when you think about that, our thoughts create our feelings, which are chemical reactions in our body, right? But without that thought, the chemical reaction wouldn't be there. So looking at all of the circumstances that we are surrounded by, including other people, the thoughts that we have about them are the things that are going to either get us the results we want or not. Right. So it's it's really important for us to take inventory of what we're thinking, who we're listening to. And yeah. Yes, 100 percent. And interpret What is our interpretation and what is the interpretation that's going to serve us and empower us? Exactly. Absolutely. Um, well, hey, it is coming up to the end of our time. But um, first of all, um, let my I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. But let my listeners know where they can find you if they want to come hang out with you. Yes. So I am mainly on Instagram. So my handle is Ariana underscore Yahya, which is J-A-H-J-A. I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes. And yes. then of course my, my podcast, which is also um, available on Spotify. I talk about mental loops, which means really getting our thoughts right. Thinking about what do we want to let in? What do we not want to let in? What are the thought errors that we have that are keeping us from creating the life that we truly want? Oh, amazing. And what's the name of your podcast? It is called Mental, the Mental Loops Podcast. Awesome. I love that. Okay. And just one final thing. If you were to give a message to a lady listening who currently feels stuck or like she can't, uh, she can't use her voice, uh, it's unsafe for her to move forward, or she's just, she can't, she can't find her groove. What would be a, a word of wisdom or encouragement for that lady? I would say just taking a step back and instead of 
trying and doing and doing and doing to just sit and and allow and receive and take deep breaths and first get your body to feel and know on a deep level that you're always okay you're exactly where you need to be and nothing has gone wrong you are exactly where you need to be beautiful awesome well ariana thank you so much for hanging out and um hope to see you again soon yes Thanks so much for hanging out, y'all. Come find me at ashleyleanadams.com or on Instagram at ashleyleanadams. Share this with a girlfriend who needs to hear it. I love you. You are worthy. And remember, use your voice.